Democratic Socialist Julia. And I'm Proletariat Joel. And welcome to our episode on Animal Farm, the 1945 novel by George Orwell. That's 1984. Ah, also a very good book. Um, but I've only read that one once, whereas Animal Farm, I do not know how many times I've read this. I studied this in high school, and a lot of you might be having some flashbacks of doing the same uh but you didn't and this was your first exposure to the book yeah no i'd always heard of it uh, mm. i didn't actually know it was george orwell um uh, i just knew I, I actually people brought it up in political discussions but i didn't i didn't know what it was about so mm. it's one of i'd say 1984 is probably more famous but animal farm is a close second as one of the most famous political books of all time well thus capital don't know what that is. <laughs> it's uh, I, I want to make sure I'm right on this. It's uh, Karl did Karl Marx write it? In Das Kapital, yeah, he did write it. Yeah, this is like the leading book on socialism. Ah, oh, well, I I obviously haven't read a lot on politics. <laughs> um, politics is not my forte, even though I was a huge activist in university. But mm-hmm. Animal Farm is definitely. My forte. I have read this book so many times. Obviously, studied it for school. I own five copies of it, one of which is in French, because when I went to France, I specifically bought a copy in French. Uh, And I just adore this book. I love it so much. So I feel so badly for students who have to study this book, um, because it's so fucking boring to teach. Yes. Well, I guess... For teenagers, for mate. Teenagers, like young teenagers. Who teenagers. don't give a shit about history hey, like you're and 11 politics. and 12. No, you're 11 and 12. I think... I think I would have cared about this. 11 and 12, yeah, but we studied this for, I think, year 9? Yeah, nine it's, or too, 10. it's too early. Too early. Um, it would have been interesting if we studied it alongside, like, the history of the book. But... Mm-hmm. Mm, and, like, as far as literature books go, I think we could start doing away with stuff like Catcher in the Rye and The Great Gatsby, even though I... <laughs> Who in Australia studied those? I studied them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I studied them both for English literature. Okay. And I, I adore those books. They're my favourites. But, like, um, especially in Australia, there's a lot of really good Australian-born literature. Well, that's what we did. So we did, like, Deadly Anna and um, I can't... A few other books, I can't remember them right now. I've barely heard of any schools doing, like... Yeah, we did Aussie books. Aussie books. You know, a common theme through all the books I studied, and almost every book I studied in English, right, that wasn't, like, Shakespeare, mm. um, had an event uh, of, like, racism depicted, 
as usually like a little Aboriginal kid getting his balls painted with Vegemite. This happened three times, I think. In different books, different authors, but it's like a theme, apparently. That's We've had such different schooling <laughs> experience. Because everyone I've talked to is like, yeah, Catcher in the Rye, The Great Gatsby, obviously, blah, blah, blah. No, no, we, we had Aussie books. We had one Aussie book, and it was Growing Up Asian in Australia. And mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. Um, no wonder my school was full of racists. If, <laughs> if I remember correctly, Deadly Anna was about a... Um, I know it's off topic, but if I remember correctly, Deadly Anna was... About somebody recruiting, like he, he saw an Aboriginal kid on a farm kick a sack of wheat or mm. something really far, and he's just like, "Oh, you could be a footy player," um, and sort of like recruited him. But then he gets bullied and other stuff. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And anyway, uh, back on topic. Uh, I w- I would probably kick out. Greg Gatsby, Catcher in the Rye. They're just, like, they're really old. Greg Gatsby is all about the American dream. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, But Animal Farm, I will bat for Animal Farm to be taught in schools until the end of time because it is such a great example of a well-written story with great writing techniques. The dangers of totalitarianism. Dangers of totalitarianism. And it's, like... The, the most obvious writing technique is that it's an allegory, and it's a really great introduction to allegory, metaphor, mm-hmm. symbolism in books. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, like, <sighs> having the rules in the world have it change, and, like, mani- like the manipulation of, like, the uh, the civilization, let's say, of the civilians and all those sort of things. Like yeah. This, yeah. And, the, like, the message... We... It's interesting thinking about how we studied it, because we talked about the message, but in a really... It, it, was, boring. it was taught really badly. It was, it, like, but the messages in the book, they're still really useful today. Like, there's a... Uh, there's so much you could say about, like, politics today, um, and how it relates to Animal Farm, and how, like, society has been brainwashed by mega news corps and uh, I, don't, I don't know about that i mean i'm i'm kind of ad-libbing badly but it's just it's still relevant it's still a great book well like a book and... like this or, or dust capital or like mm. or, or other books like they'll always be relevant because politics will always be relevant right? yeah yeah and it has a more timeless quality than say catcher in the rise a bit um God, I don't even know how to describe Catcher in the Rye. I it's just have really no I know nothing not quite it. relevant anymore. I loved it, but no one else kind of got it. Um, and yeah, so I, I just fucking adore Animal Farm so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figure what we do, maybe we go through beat by beat what the plot is, and then we discuss what the like actual plot is, like what the book is. Well, yeah, it's it's about well. We start like, surface level. We go plot, deep in. You can you could do this however you like. I think the plot is like very non-relevant in this almost. Like it's obviously as an allegory, it's very important, but it's it's that discussion that's important, not the actual things that happen. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. They're all just metaphors for how we how we how we structure ourselves uh, in real life, right? Mm. But yeah, I I figure we'll just do a quick mm-hmm. overview and then go yeah, deep yeah. in. We animals are brothers, large or small, clever or simple, fur or feathers, 
Now and forever, all animals are equal. So, Animal Farm. We start off in the manor farm where uh, the animals, like, they're doing fine. They're not really happy. Uh, Mr. Jones and Mrs. Jones, the farmers, are dictators um, who are, you know, not really treating them that well. Mr. Jones is an alcoholic. Uh, Things are a bit sad. And then one night, the pig old major has a dream, a dream of a utopia where all animals are equal and nobody is being run by farmers. Everybody gets to keep their own produce and it's, you know, distributed equally among the farm and everybody gets to live their best life. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful. So they create animalism And animalism has seven commandments. Whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy. Whatever goes upon four legs or has wings is a friend. No animal shall wear clothes. No animal shall sleep in a bed. No animal shall drink alcohol. No animal shall kill any other animal. And all animals are equal. And Except, oh. <laughs> uh, 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 so animals will fall asleep uh, dreaming about the utopia. Uh, and I think it's a couple of weeks after that, an opportunity arises where they get to kick Mr. Jones out of the farm and huzzah. Yeah, there's a revolution. There's, there's a revolution. A, yeah. The animals win. Um, they reclaim Manor Farm as Animal Farm. Uh, and the pigs who, of course, Old Major started the revolution. The pigs get up and say, all right, yeah, um, Old Major was our buddy. Oh, sorry, he's he died in the middle of the night. I forgot that. <laughs> it's, it's also important to note, you're probably going here, mm. but it's also important to note that um, the pigs take control. Yeah, the pigs and, take control. And their argument is because they're the smartest. And this might actually just be true. They're also literate, um, which is really important. But it's also really important that the other animals are not literate. They're not educated. Yes. And again, we're, like, we're talking about animals here, but we're talking about societies, mm. right? Um, this is a non-educated society. Yeah. And we're going to, we'll touch on that too. Um, so yeah, the pigs, um, they've actually in secret been learning how to read. They're literate. Uh, they help come up with these seven commandments, put them outside the farm. Um, and everything's great for a while, uh, but... Slowly but surely, the pigs start taking things and justifying it because of the hard work they do on the farm. Like, they Mm -hmm. start taking the milk that the cows produce because they need milk to feed their big brains. Uh, They start taking a portion of the eggs and a little bit extra food and the Mm -hmm. first harvest apples. uh, And ever so slowly, things start to escalate yeah they, they start um they start power creeping essentially yeah um i'll i'll let you keep going I, there's there's things i want to bring up but uh so at some point snowball so snowball and napoleon are the top two pigs and snowball decides he wants to build a windmill because they want to have electrical power on the farm mm-hmm. uh and industry Nap- industry napoleon's poo-pooing this idea the whole time uh oh shit 
I forgot. <laughs> Mr. Jones tries to take over the farm again, but they have a battle. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was called. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll get to it. Um, they have a battle. Snowball charges in. They kick back Mr. Jones. Well, this is a war hero. He's a war hero. They have medals and a ceremony and an anniversary for it and everything. Yeah, they make like a like a, a national holiday essentially yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, so yes, back to the windmill. Uh, Napoleon's poo-pooing this whole time, and then one day, Snowball's... Where's Snowball? He's disappeared. Turns out, Napoleon comes in and he says, Oh, Snowball was actually a traitor this whole time. The two rival farms next to us, he's gone over to them. He's gone to Frederick and... Is it Picking... Pickerton? Pilkington. Oh, these are just other nations. These are other farms. Well, I, I would... Well, yeah, I would see them... In the meta story that's happening, there are other nations. Yeah, there are other right? nations. Yeah. So he's gone over to the other. He's gone over to the human side. Um, and the more time goes on, the more Napoleon reveals about Snowball, like how no, he didn't actually lead the charge in that battle. Mm-hmm. He was a coward. He fled. Essentially, in- like gaslights the the mm-hmm. the animals, and this is just political propaganda. Like- yep. And the whole time, there's this little pig squealer. Who gives all the news to the animals about Napoleon's changes and mm. tells them what's going on and all of this great stuff. Um, An important part um, is that they start to... Well, you're, you're getting to this. But they start doing trade with the other farmers. Yes, they start doing trade with the other farmers. Even though they said they'd never do trade with humans. Um, they need resources for this. So for, like, two core tenets of socialism are... Owning, seizing, seizing, and then owning the means of production, and then the abolishment of the commodity form, meaning no currency. So I find this particularly relevant mm. uh, when we're talking because this book is um, now we could talk about totalitarianism in in either sort of political spectrum that you want to go down. This one's talking about socialism, mm. um, so it's it's very interesting that currency and trade starts to come in. Um, because they do end up acquiring currency. <laughs> like, it's not they're not just trading for other products. They're getting money. Mm. Uh, and Napoleon's decided that the windmill is actually a good idea. So he started to get the animals to build it. Uh, but the windmill just keeps falling down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets blown up by uh, Fredericks. Uh, hey, can I say, I had no idea where this book was going to go. <laughs> and I thought it was like, uh, do you remember Johnson and Friends? Yes. So, like, in Johnson and Friends, it's like, are they actually talking? Or, like... To me, I wasn't ever, ever sure if oh. they were really real. Yeah, they're... I think in the context of the book, they're really real. I've well, also well, seen... Yeah, no, no. In, in, I, I believe that <laughs> yeah. in the book. But when the book started, and they were, like, talking to each other and stuff, uh... I thought they were just mooing at each other, and it was, like, a fake language. It's like, oh, no, these motherfuckers actually know what the fuck they're doing. And then when they started talking about building a windmill, I'm like, well, that's really funny. I'm like, oh, no, wait, they're actually doing it. <laughs> And it's working. Um, so the windmill keeps collapsing. I'm probably going too far into actual story details that we'll cover, so I'm going well, can... to speed through it. It's your episode. Um, long story short, uh, the animals end up in a worse position than before. The pigs take over the old manor farm house. Um, they're trading with the humans. Turns out, most of their resources are going to the pigs. Actually, more resources are going to the mm-hmm. pigs than it's, used to go to it, Mr. It, Jones. It's far worse than what it was before. And, and to be clear, this whole time, because this has gone on for a couple of years A couple now, of years, yeah. Um, like, 
No one's eating. All right. They're mm. working nonstop. Um, and they basically keep getting gaslit into saying, no, this is better. Remember, you have your freedoms now. Mm. Like, all of these things. And it's just like, well, do you? Mm. And then the most famous part of the book, everybody knows, uh, they return to the ten, the Seven Commandments sign and all of it's been rewritten by the pigs. But mm. because the animals aren't literate, Nobody noticed, yeah. um, except for one who, I think it's the only like goat on the farm left who can read, yeah. and she reads the last commandment, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. Yeah. The animals go to the farmhouse, and they see the pigs and the humans having a game of poker, and then something weird happens. Everybody starts to blend together. Things go a bit fuzzy. When the animals look back, there are no pigs everybody's human. Mm-hmm. Like, they're wearing, like, coats and shit. Yeah. They're drinking... They've been drinking beer. alcohol. They're in the farmer's clothes. They can't can't tell the difference anymore. Also, Napoleon has... Like, he steals four pups and, like, yes. raises them as, like, guard dogs. And they're, like, ferocious. Mm. Um, and this is, like, a personal military. In my, in my mind, like, when I'm making this an allegory, like, I say there's, like, a personal military. Because yeah. we, we have a dictator. Like, yeah. Uh, so, rambling over, that was the plot of Animal Farm. Uh, surprise, surprise, the whole book is an allegory for the Russian Revolution. Mm-hmm. So that all might see and agree, the laws of Animal Farm were inscribed in a prominent place, to be remembered and obeyed forever. No animal shall sleep in a bed. No animal shall drink alcohol. Four legs good, two legs bad. <laughs> we use counters legs. So, Animal Farm is set between the years of 1917 and 1945. Uh, It reflects events leading up to the Russian Revolution and then into the Stalinist era of the Soviet Union. So, everything in Animal Farm is symbolic. It has, um, like a... What do you call it? A tie-in? A color... A color... Uh, now I can't... Color... Say- color... Oh, yeah. fuck. I can't say it now. I would have been fine if I... <laughs> Whatever. Um, so I'm just going to go through all of the major players. So Old Major, the pig who had the dream about uh, animalism, is a combo of Karl Marx and... Fuck, I'm going to butcher this. Vladimir Yilich Lenin. Yeah, you can just say Lenin. Lenin. People just say Marxist. Well, people literally call themselves Marxist-Leninists. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard Marxist, definitely, because it was all over the fucking university. But also, <laughs> t- well, typically people will say Marxist-Leninists. Mm. So. so, yeah, he's a combination of Marx and Lenin. Uh, Mr. Jones is a stand-in for Tsar Nicholas II. Napoleon is Stalin, Joseph Stalin. Snowball is Leon Trotsky. 
Squealer, who is the pig that spread all of Napoleon's news, he stands for the machine of propaganda. Yeah, yeah. So, Rupert Murdoch news. Spicy take. Oh, <laughs> um, Boxer, who is one of the main, the main workers. Uh, he's a horse. Uh, he is the collective working class. Yeah, the proletariat. The proletariat, um, who is uneducated mm-hmm. uh, and very hard workers, the kind of bottom of the rung. Well, especially because we've got to put this in context of time as well. It, you work or you die. Yeah. Um, now, that's somewhat true nowadays, but it's much less true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's less of the case now that if you do not work, uh, you die because our production capacity globally is fucking enormous mm. um and the benefits are we all we all get to eat <laughs> well in certain countries you know what i mean though so next up we have molly i quite like molly um she's another one of the horses she's a show horse uh she stands for the bourgeoisie uh who fled after the revolution because mm-hmm. immediately after the revolution happens on animal farm she runs off to one of the other farms and becomes a show horse there I instead mean, I don't like this slogan, but it is historical and matters. I don't like when people use it today, which is what mm. I mean, is eat the rich. Mm. That means literally. Or not literally, but kill Sometimes them. literally. <laughs> well, it means kill them. Mm. It means kill them and take and, and seize. We, we, don't, we had a discussion at one point when we were talking about social, socialism versus capitalism, and I asked you a question. I said, at what point is it uh, morally okay to um, attack people to take their capital, right? Um, and people that are f- very far left will s- say that it's t- perfectly morally okay to kill people to seize their capital, to seize the means of production again. I mean, when it comes down to it, if you have a state that de- defends capital, which I think is based, by the way, uh, if you have a state that protects capital, and you have people who have capital, and you want people to, and you have another group of people who are trying to revolutionize and need to seize capital. There's going to be a conflict there at some point, and I really don't like it in the modern era where people use use the phrase "eat the rich." I want to clarify though, uh, Molly runs off of her own accord. She's mm-hmm. not being attacked. She's fine. I don't know historically what happened to the bourgeoisie in the revolution i imagine it was a mix of chased out and ran off themselves yeah well people ran in fear of their lives yeah, yeah because the others were yeah. getting killed <laughs> yeah so but in in the book it's a lot more tame <laughs> well yeah it's just i mean this book isn't like i'm bringing up yeah important well i think i think these things are really important you're right they are uh and like this book is an allegory for it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> um, but like, we have a really messy history all mm. throughout our history. This is really recent history, uh, and by really recent, I mean a couple of hundred years. But oh, that's yeah. nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. Um, like it matters. Uh, so next up, we've got Moses. He's a crow that doesn't really show up for most of the book. I don't um, know what the point of. He's communism using religion to spread at least that's the interpretation that we've been given oh, like tying an ideology to a religion and then spreading the word throughout different nations i guess sort of like he it's not candy mountain i know but it's where he talks about like this candy mountain this beautiful it's heaven he talks about heaven and the animals going to heaven when they die 
and shit. Um, and he... He's not a big part of the book. He he kind of spreads animalism through this yeah. relig- like it yeah, it's a bit yeah. Uh we have Benjamin, who is one of my favorite characters. He's a donkey who is like very cynical and jaded and he doesn't really care about what's happening on Animal Farm for the whole thing. He's very apathetic. Um and he stands in for intellectuals who choose to ignore politics specifically the intellectuals during the Russian Revolution who chose to ignore Stalin. Basically, his whole message is basically, if you choose to ignore politics, bad things are going to happen. Um, and I feel like we could touch more on that in a bit. Uh, Mr. Frederick uh, is a stand-in for Hitler. Uh, Mr. Pilkington is, the, is England and the United States of America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Frederick cheats Napoleon out of... A whole bunch of money at one point and Pilkington comes to the rescue so yeah bit of that um, animalism is communism the farm stands for Russia mm-hmm. and at, on a bigger scale the human race um, and the barn the barn in the because there's a barn on the farm obviously mm. it's a farm um, and it stands kind of for the collective memory of the human race because the barn is where the commandments are written and then rewritten and where all of the planning happens and yeah it's a seat of collective memory uh so just in case anybody has no idea what some of these words are (laughs) (laughs) so orwell was a socialist specifically in support of democratic socialism Socialism is a political and economic theory of social organization that advocates the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. It's based on the assumption that people naturally want to cooperate but are restrained from doing so by the competitive nature of capitalism. Communism is very similar, but not quite the same. Basically state-enacted. Yeah, it's uh, social organization where all property is owned, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's run by the state yes. instead of mm-hmm. democratically elected um, peoples. Mm-hmm. Countries' individual politics are a lot more complicated than I'm going to say here, but generally accepted countries that are communist are China, Cuba, and North Korea. Yeah, China's not communist. Like, <laughs> Well, the government does own a lot of businesses there, but I mean, they they trade on a global scale, yeah, uh, and uh, like, yeah, uh, generally accepted as communist. Yeah, quotation marks. I think it's a bit of a mis like it, it gets applied to them a lot, and they definitely describe themselves as communist. Um, but, but they're more historically communist. They're, well, they're kind Not of so much. they're kind of just capitalists. Yeah. Like it's just that the government runs a bunch of shit. It's it's capitalism with more government. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did you say North Korea as well? I did. No, I just find that funny because, like, do you know what the DK, oh, DPRK is? No. Oh, hold on. Don't put this in the podcast. So, like, they they want to be seen as... Demo- you know how it's a dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not called North Korea anymore. Oh, the Democratic Party of North Korea, right? Democratic yeah. Party of North... Yeah. Uh, it's Democratic... Uh, 
Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Yeah, you can't just call yourself democratic and, and be democratic. I love how I type in DPRK and, and yeah, North Korea. Uh, but yeah, it's, I just, I, I find the way they, uh, was it Kim Jong-il? Mm. Is it? Or is it Un? I never, I, I never remember. I don't remember. Um, and countries that are predominantly, again, quotation marks, socialist are Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, Please, like, correct me if I'm wrong, come at me. Again, politics is not my forte. Yeah, like, they would be social, they'd be far more socialist based on ideology. Yeah. But they wouldn't be communist, um, just because of the way their economics are structured. Um, yeah, I think that would be a, a good description. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we also have fascism, which I haven't mentioned up until now, but uh, fascism mm. is a government system led by a dictator who has complete power, forces, uh, forcibly suppresses opposition and criticism and is aggressive and often racist and typically typically they they have to be seen as weak and strong at the same time like Mm. we are being attacked by all sides but don't worry if you just believe in me or this party we will overcome like uh, I think that's a really interesting aspect of fascism, where you have to be simultaneously weak and under attack, but also very strong, and being, I am the only solution mm. to this problem, right? We're going to create a problem and then sell you the medicine for it, sort of thing. And TLDR, Napoleon's a fascist. <laughs> that's where I'm getting at. There are a lot of, like, good things. I'm not going to... I don't want to sit here... I'm going to say a lot of negative things about socialism, but it doesn't mean that, like, I don't think it's, like, a good thing, right? It just sort of hasn't worked out in history, ever. And what, what I do like is social programs. Love living in Australia. We have a bunch of social programs. Could it be better? So it can always be better, mm. right? That's that's the that's the hard part of living, right? Um, so, yeah, things can be better, but we have... A, I think we have a, amazing social programs here. Uh, whether it comes to schooling and hex debt, um, where you have a, a scalable um, repayment method, um, whether it comes to free hospital care, um, excluding like dental and other things, um, but also having a private system if you want um, like above and beyond the care, I guess. If you have capital and you want to have private health care, you can have it, but everybody has health care. As a, as a standard. Mm. That's really cool. Uh, or whether it comes to uh, social programs for being out of work and things like that. Stimulus-wise for COVID, I think it's been pretty fucking good in mm. Australia. Um, so I think our government does a good job with social programs. But the, the, the question that could always be asked me when I say that is, could it be better? Yes. But um, I, I think social programs are really good. 
I've had conversations with you before where I describe myself as like a soft capitalist, right? Because I like the outcomes that capitalism um, brings about. Uh, for me, markets, are, not even for me, they just are. They're the most efficient way of allocating resources. Um, but I mean, that has some terrible ends unless you regulate the hell out of it. That's why I say I'm a soft capitalist because I want capitalism. I want markets, but heavily regulated markets. Um, markets could definitely be regulated more, but I really like that. Um, I, I bring all of this up because I'm going to be saying some pretty negative things about socialism, but I just want it to be understood that I think like it's a really good goal to, um, strive for. And like the way people describe, I don't know if you've heard the term market socialism before. No. Uh, market socialism is essentially capitalism with like lots of co-ops. <laughs> uh, but no, like legitimately, like having owners work, own the having workers own the mean of, means of production generally has good results. Um, if you're in like a co-op, right, and you have a you know, uh, let's say the t there's ten of you, and you all have a ten percent share of the business, you're gonna work pretty fucking hard to make sure that business succeeds because you own ten percent of it. It's pretty important, right? Um, there's a huge conglomerate of uh, co-ops. I I'm not gonna get this right. I'm gonna say it's Brazil. I don't know where it is. Uh, it's somewhere in South America. It's called Mondragon. Um, and they do a pretty good job. There's a shit ton of subsidiaries and stuff like that. It's a huge, it's a huge thing. Although I like hesitate to call it fully co-op because not everyone owns parts of the company. Like they have just employees. And when it comes to, if you read Das Kapital, like that's just an exploitation of labor, which socialism is very bad. No, you must own the, own the means of production. I'm ranting a little bit here. Okay. But like, Market socialism is pretty cool. We still get the benefits of markets whilst um, having more, like, democratic control over, like, where we work and how we work. I think that's pretty cool. Um, revolutions... People want things to go really quickly, and I sympathise with that, but it's never really worked in history. No! Um, so I'm going to talk about two, like, main incidents. Um through, like, um, socialist measures. Uh, one was in Soviet Russia, and we'll be talking about that, mm -hmm. and another one was under Mao's China. Um, two great famines happened because they had tried to do planned economies uh, where you set prices for things. Generally, capitalism is good, or markets are good because, like, there'll be a breaking point between demand and supply, right? They'll always, like, it will come down like, prices will lower based on, like, how much people need things, right? Well, you know what I mean. But when you have planned economies, and typically the way governments run things are always slower than markets, um, you run into problems. You run into food problems, especially. And I think it was about 8 million, somewhere between 5 and 8 million Russians died due to a great famine through a planned economy. And get this, I didn't even know the number was this high. Anywhere between 17 and 55 million Chinese people died um, with them trying to push, uh, was it the five-year plan? Or No, no, the five-year plan is the Russian one. I can't remember the name of the, the Chinese one. But it's the same sort of thing. And 
what I really don't like to see is like a fuck ton of poor people dying <laughs> for like an ideology which is hopeful and something to strive for, but like trying to force it doesn't seem to work. So I get really like hesitant. I've been talking for a long time, Julia. Please say something. <laughs> no, the oh, the problem is my brain has a real hard time processing politics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I always get caught up in definitions and shit. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I really like the idea of democratic socialism, mm-hmm. um, and I I love the the setup and the ideology behind it. But like, you're right. Revolutions in history haven't worked. Any political system, (laughs) any political system could be better. The problem is politics is very rarely, if ever, black and white. But humans are primed psychologically to see things in extremes. Yeah. Um, And until we reach some kind of evolutionary path out of that, um, politics is always going to be a hot button issue. Centrist has like a pretty like, like negative connotation. I'm not a centrist. I'm solidly on the left. I'm not a tanky. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not that far, but I'm solidly on the left. But, um, I, it's sad to say, but I think in a lot of things in life, it's like when somebody asks you a complicated question then you say, well, it depends. Yeah. Um, when it, when it comes to things like this, like some middle ground, which is kind of what we have, some middle ground between socialism and capitalism actually works really well. Mm. We are currently living in the most educated time in history, at least for, uh, if you live in a fortunate place in the world, you're in the most educated, most fed, most housed, um, most access to um, quality of life uh, products, roads, vehicles, libraries, fucking everything, right, Um, in history. And I think people kind of forget that. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that booms this, it's not just, like, industry. Industry is a really large part of that, right? Industry is not tied to capitalism. But if you have an industry revolution around the world that also has markets and can um, get something... You can like have an idea for a product that's good. A market will get what somebody wants into their hands. And I think that's really important. Even poor people today all have internet access, television, water, electricity, and food, and mm. housing. Um, I think that's really fucking cool. Could it be better? Yes, and I want it to be better. I'm not just you know, like, oh, everything's peaches and uh, strawberries and rainbows. But, like, often I think people forget um, the sort of world we're living in and how markets have helped get us there. Um, It's very easy if you're, like, on Twitter or somewhere else to just say, capitalism bad, and while there are aspects of capitalism that are bad, I don't think it's that simple, And but it's very easy to get 100,000 likes on a tweet just saying, yeah, but capitalism bad, bro. And I think it's just far more complicated than that. I don't... I, I, it bothers me, Julia. Mm. It bothers me. No, I never... It's only been a couple of years since I've kind of developed the thinking on this, but I never thought I'd be that person that agreed with, like, statistics... Because statistically, the older you get, the more conservative you mm-hmm. become. Yeah. And I always thought, like, no way. That's not going to happen to me. That's, like... That's a fucking boomer attitude. But, like, the 
the older you get, the more experience you have, the less black and white your thinking becomes, the more you at least go towards centrism. You're, you're more travelled. You, you've, you've been around the block a few times. You've seen how the world kind of really operates. Mm-hmm. And you've learned more, right? And I don't think it's, like, something to be... Um, well, that, that what you said is true. I don't think it's something to be, like... Um, what's the word? Um, celebrated that you become more conservative when you get old, as you get older. What I care about is trends, right? The trend for all of human history is we've become more and more progressive. Mm. And I think that will continue. And I think that's good. Even if people mellow out a bit as they get older. Yeah, I still draw hard lines with, like, I'm not... My mum's always talking about, like, how you should respect everybody and their opinions, even if they're conservative. Yeah, no, I draw the line at stuff like, if you don't believe trans people deserve rights, Mm. or, um, you, you... If you're one of those people who are just like, uh, non-binary is stupid, like, no, I'm going to draw lines at that stuff. Uh, but I do see why older people get really fucking annoyed with young activists. Yeah. Because, like, for a lot of us, we haven't really learnt... Uh, you don't have the word We don't experience. have the word experience. We don't necessarily have the vocabulary. Um, and... I, th- I think it's almost necessary. I think it's a really good thing mm. um, that young people are so loud. Yes. Um, throughout all of history. Um, because you, you need you need somebody saying it, right? And even if it's too outlandish or it pushes too far, um, it's, it's always been young people that have pushed societies to become better. Um, so I think it's almost necessary to have that happen. Mm. Even though, like, I fucking cringe when... Like, I cringe so hard when seeing things like I described earlier. It, 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 it annoys me. Um, so with all of that said, um, this book is about um, socialism, in a way. Well, when I was reading it, that's what I was reading it as. Yes. Um... And no system is perfect. Mm. And... I just thought I'd bring up two examples of great famines that killed millions of people. I thought it was... I, I had to look it up. I looked it up before the podcast. I thought it was hundreds of thousands. It was millions. Five to eight million in Russia. Seventeen, Anywhere between 17 and 55 million people in China died. Especially, well, China's a bit of a different one because they went from subsistence farming to being a global leader in industry production and manufacturing in about 20 years. You had people subsistence farming, like, and then moving to being a global leader in manufacturing in, like, no time at all, uh, and pushing really hard for that had consequences. Um, but uh, their quality of <laughs> say what you will about China, the quality of life has improved a lot, so... With the snowball disposed of, Napoleon stepped up confidently to take charge of Animal Farm. And Fat Pink Squealer became his obedient follower and assistant. Comrades, Snowball is a traitor. What was he really planning? To bring back Jones. Now, let's have no more of these useless meetings, eh? From now on, 
I'll protect your interests. And I'll make your decisions. <laughs> Let me show you my plan for Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> First up, let's talk about the edu- the education in the room. Let's talk about Benjamin. Let's talk about the consequences of uneducated animals. Mm-hmm. I think, and also, like, I th- again, like I said before, I think the time period really matters as well. Like how I brought up with China where, like, people were literally just subsistence farmers, didn't have an education or anything like that, and now they're much more educated not nearly enough, but I think the times really, the time period that we're talking about here, I think is very relevant um, because um, people were just less educated. Mm. Although people just worked. They worked younger. They started working younger and they just worked. <laughs> a lot of people could, like a lot of people today can't, like surprisingly large amount of people can't read, even t- in today's society. Mm. Go back to the 1930s, 40s. Fucking, it's rough. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say it's still maybe not quite more relevant, but like the same relevant in a different way because mm-hmm. like it's not social media bad, book good, but we are seeing a bit of a, a death of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's a combination of a school system that hasn't been updated in fucking yonks. Um, and the spread of social media and the lack of regulation on misinformation. And I think that's one of the most important messages in the book. And to be very clear, when I say, like, education is important and you have to be educated, I don't necessarily mean you have to be smart A-grade student. Um, I think it's incredibly important that everybody has access to like knowing how to read Mm -hmm. um everyone should have basic literacy and numeracy and everybody should be taught critical thinking Mm -hmm. at as young an age as possible because we we have a death of critical thinking right now because people right now it's the 2021 pandemic people are scared people are spreading all this information about science that they don't know fuck all about Mm -hmm. um there's a death of trust in experts who know what they're doing and um we used to have people who had voices that matter but now yeah. that everybody has a voice nobody has a voice mm. i mean we talked about this in the middle gear solid episode right like um that shit's uh real scary interestingly um talking about like school you know what this is just an act this is just me talking right now mm-hmm. i hate when people are just like why aren't you learning how to do your taxes in school why aren't you learning how to, like, fix a car? Like, you've heard these things before, right? It's fucking stupid. And I'll tell you why. There, there, there's, this, a, there's a push and pull. Sure, you are a cheeky boy. There's a push and pull for what we should, like, what education should be. And there's no real right, like, with most things, there's no real right answer. Um, do we want a school system that, like, pretty much sets you up to be a labourer? Or do you want a school system that doesn't teach you any life skills, but 
like makes you quote unquote intelligent. Um, it's like a lot of people will be like, and 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 good for them. Like Australia has cool like um, systems where you can leave school early and start an apprenticeship, like mm. TAFE programs or, or things like this. Um, like people should have options, but I think having it's hard. I think having a good mix of stuff you'll probably never use when you're at school is probably a good thing because like not everybody's the same and we should like you can't just like pinpoint on each individual student and know exactly like what they'll respond to right that's mm. like really hard so like education's a really tough one man <laughs> it is and like we're not educators ourselves so um mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of research that goes into education but also like the school system's kind of built on rote learning and um it, it's an education system that was built by old white men 50 billion years ago um and just it's it's out of touch and it needs to be a bit more flexible and dynamic like TAFE is really good but it there, there needs to be more we also need to back teachers more that's a whole other fucking topic <laughs> um I could go on um, That's why I said I'm not sure you even want to put it in. I just wanted to talk about that. No, it's really important to talk about because education is like, so important. Because, like, do you want to produce workers? To an extent, absolutely. Mm. You want people set up to join the workforce because you know what makes a nation grow is labor. Uh, you need labor. You want labor. Immigrating labor is really good. Everyone's paying taxes. Everyone gets the benefits from those taxes. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Taxes are fucking based. Tax fucking everyone. Tax them hard. Okay. Oh, I should also add, I I fully believe we should teach taxes in school because mm-hmm. taxes are a scam and I hate them. Not, no, Whoa, no, 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 no. Taxes are not a scam. Taxes are not a scam. Like, the paying of taxes and the use of taxes is not the scam. The mm-hmm. scam is how taxes are explained to people. Sure. Uh, and how the government, like, this is, this is more of a gripe with, like, Centrelink and shit, but the government makes it really fucking hard to uh, properly, for a layperson to properly assess how much money they owe and how much money they can get from the government. Sure. I think uh, this is going to sound, this is going to sound bad. I think a healthy level of complexity to taxes is like necessary and good. Um, yeah, but it's a healthy level. I don't think we're at healthy level of complexity for taxes. I don't think like owning lots of different assets and businesses, um, and like employees and, and and things like that or owning employees you know what i mean yeah, yeah. uh i don't think that should be a simple thing mm. I, I really don't i think it should be very complex so that we make sure that we're taxing people appropriately yeah but the problem is we're not taxing people appropriately because millionaires have a billion tax loopholes and it's bullshit but ah, that's a whole other right. <laughs> so oh um we can also talk about um the pigs only teach other pigs to read. Like, by the time the pigs have had children, they build a school for the mm-hmm. pig children. And just teach. For pigs. Well, it's just worst. for pigs. And they teach pig history. Like, they don't teach these piglets that it's animalism and everyone's equal. They teach the piglets about how the pigs are great, the pigs are superior, and the pigs are awesome. So, you know, education... Education matters because if you grow up with an edu where you don't like I'm explaining it poorly <laughs> yeah I, I know what you're trying to say yeah. like if you have an un- uneducated ma- um, like civilian group like they're not going to know bullshit's happening essentially um, but if you have a baseline of education everyone they're just like wait hold on <laughs> what the fuck uh, this is not good um, 
And it's also, like, it... It's a really good example of, like, you know what you were taught. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you grow if you grow up in a particular situation, you're not going to know any different. Um, so... There. <laughs> going back to Benjamin. I really like Benjamin because I really fucking hate people who don't care about politics or who are, like, proud of not caring mm-hmm. about politics because it's fucking infuriating. If you waste your vote in the election doing a donkey vote or, like, writing bullshit on the ballot... You help whatever team... What team? You help whatever side wins. Yeah, but most of the time, you'll help... This is... I'm not going to say this is how Trump won in the first place, but it probably contributed a lot a of people bit. were dissatisfied with the political system in America around that mm. time. It was hitting a boiling point. So they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? A lot of people at the time was, were voting for him as a meme, and they said so. Mm. A lot of other people voted for him because they genuinely believed he would like help the country. But, I mean, there was a large sentiment of people that were just like, oh, fuck it, who cares? It doesn't matter. But... Whatever, whatever political party ends up winning, if you throw away your vote, don't vote, or whatever, I, I really hate people who, like, like Bernie or Busters, for example, it's just like, well, unless we you have, it ended up being Biden, but unless we have Bernie as the, as the primary candidate for the party, I'm not voting because it's not good enough. It's just like, well, <laughs> if, the ri- if the right side wins, you've now given them power. Mm. By not voting, you have put whoever ends up winning in charge. And I think it's incredibly irresponsible. Even if we end up voting for that party, just vote. Just vote, okay? And uh, fucking based Australia, voting's mandatory. And I think it's it's fucking cool. Drives me fucking insane when Americans are like, oh my god, you get fined if you don't vote? The fines, for starters, the fine's fucking minimal. It's nothing. You can get out of paying that fine in a variety of ways. But even if you were to pay it, it's like $70 or something. Like, it's yeah. not it's not that much. It's 70 Australian, by the way. 70, like, if our listenership is, like, from America, that's, like, a lot of money. Is it The, the dollar means something different here. Mm. But, like, yeah, like you said, you can, like, get out of it as well. Yeah, and Australia makes it so easy to vote. We get, like, time out. We get sausage sizzles. Um, you can also vote fucking everywhere. Yeah, and America, ha- you have to get your fucking... You don't get a day off. You have to get that voting card or what. You have to go on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not compulsory in the end. Anyway, so people can just not fucking vote. It drives me up the fucking wall. My stats might be off, but I, I think this is somewhat true. Uh, roughly half of the population in America doesn't vote. Mm. Like, roughly half. And then you have... So that would be 115 million people don't participate and the other 115 million people are fighting against each other. It's like, that's... Cra- Wait, there's 330 million people in America. 115 times 2 is not 330 million. <laughs> uh, I meant to say, what, 165 million? There we go. Um, yeah, it... Ooh, and, I, like, I really, I really get it. If you're dissatisfied with the government, it feels like shit. I remember being a kid and swearing I would donkey vote forever because I just didn't feel represented mm-hmm. by the government. I was also like 10 years old, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but if you live in a democratic society, you should vote. I think, uh, not even should, I, I think 
I love that it's mandatory because I think it's your responsibility. Yes. Um, if you're going to live in a society and gain and reap all of the benefits of that society, you need to participate in that society. And there's two ways you should do it. A, pay taxes. And B, vote. These are the two most important things for everything you get back from the society that you participate. You gain all these benefits. Mm-hmm. So many fucking benefits, especially in Australia. The fucking least you can do is contribute economically via taxation and uh, by, like, a democracy is a representation of the people, so your voice needs to be heard. Even if you're dissatisfied, it needs to be heard. It's and, a, oh, sorry. It's just, a, it's a fucking responsibility mm-hmm. is what it is. And you know what? It's not just because it's benefiting you living in society. You have to vote to protect your family. You have to vote to protect your neighbour. You have to vote to stop trans women getting killed and black people getting killed by the cops. And, like, you, I just... It, it blows my fucking mind <laughs> that people just don't care, are so apathetic. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things that Animal Farm points out very blatantly, because Benjamin is best friends with Boxer, uh, and Boxer gets sold out, essentially. Napoleon sells him out. He says he's going to take him to the hospital because he's... I think he breaks his leg or something. Oh, uh, yeah, Boxer's a hard-working boss, yeah. right? Yeah, Boxer's really old, too. Um, and he is all set to retire. Um, and they say they're sending him off to hospital, but then the one reading animal on the farm notices the, the van says it's a glue factory. Mm-hmm. And Benjamin is like, No, Boxer, stop! And he, you know, is bolting to try and save his friend, but it's too late. Boxer's gone. Mm -hmm. That is what happens when you don't vote. (laughs) Your friends get killed. You have to pay attention to politics, because otherwise, shit like Stalin happens. Shit Mm -hmm. like Hitler happens. Mm -hmm. Shit like Trump happens. You You can't just sit out of politics. This is another reason why education is so important. We have to... Teach people to not be apathetic towards politics and teach people what it actually means. Like, what, what all this jargon means so yeah. we can make educated choices when it comes to where our vote goes. <sighs> I'm I very passionate about that. I don't know if this is relevant, so I don't know if it should go in either. Mm. But, like, it also, like, yeah, Trump happened, right? And Trump happened for, like, a million different reasons. But I think one thing people tend to sort of forget and is also important that there is a large population of people in America that like lefties seem to think that the population is far more left than it is. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And they, they fail to remember that there's a, like there's a very large group of people uh, that you're, you're, that you're living next to that just doesn't think the way that you do. And that sucks, but that's the case. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate. More to do with the death of critical thinking brought on by social media because algorithms put us in bubbles. Like, like... Well, I mean, I mean, this, this, what you said is true, but I mean, this has been happening forever. Yeah. So it's just accelerated. Yeah, yeah. And it is also a very reductive point that I'm making, but... When the commandments first start to get edited, it makes my heart hurt. Every time. What's well, the point there where they're like, wait, two, even when they f- they're first there, it's like, wait, two-legged animals? What about birds? And they're just like, oh, okay, well, 
it's like see how like arbitrary this is these like lines in the sand you're drawing mm. like birds have two legs it's just like well <laughs> frankly i think their wings are paws and it's just like and everyone's like hey it's like <laughs> i mean when i look at that one specifically um that's like <laughs> that's hitler saying it's illegal to be a jew like that's that's how i read that like when, when you're just like anything that walks on two legs is evil it's like bringing a whole group of beings down to that it's uh <laughs> it's dehumanizing yeah i never actually thought it because like when i was reading that i was like yeah it makes sense i talked to myself a lot <laughs> right and i was reading that and i was like oh no 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 but the only ones that i mean they all get erased at the end but if I remember correctly, the only ones that actually get edited are four, five, six, and seven. So Napoleon starts sleeping uh, in a bed, uh, but then the next morning the commandments are edited to say no animal shall sleep in a bed with sheets because <laughs> he's not sleeping with sheets, therefore he's not human. And then it's no animal shall drink alcohol to excess, which... This bit actually makes me giggle. Napoleon finds, like, a stash of beer, uh, and then he wakes up the next morning, and Squealer's like, someone tried to poison him! He's dying! Because <laughs> he's, like, hungover. Like, yeah. really badly hungover. And that's when they change the thing. Uh, and then six is, no animal should kill any other animal without cause. Oh, shit. Yeah, we should talk about that. Because that's fucked. Like... Oh, oh to, as a disclaimer, I read the... When did we... I read this very... A few weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> I read this shortly after you your nomination, and I think that was, like, a month and a half ago. So I read it around then. Yeah, we're a bit fuzzy. Um, but there, there's a few sections where Napoleon uh, brings out animals who have, quotation marks, uh, been traitors. Uh, or sided with Snowball, and he starts to execute Oh, yeah, he straight up executes them, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then other animals just start coming up and saying, I also it. sided with Napoleon. Uh, like, the pi- some pigs object, but it's only, like, three pigs. They get shot. Yeah, and, then and then, a- they continue to, one by one, be like, nah, fuck yeah, essentially, and they one, get executed. No, 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 they don't. The oh. animals just start confessing to shit that they haven't done. They just well, start that, confessing and then getting killed. I, that's, what, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. But they don't say, like, fuck you, Napoleon. They're just like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I totally was a traitor. And then, and, like, I tried to find an interpretation of what Orwell was trying to say with that. And it, it seems like people either don't really know or they kind of disagree on what was going on. Uh, but the the general consensus is like the animals were speaking up out of fear, uh, which got them executed, and it, it represents uh, like Stalin did a lot of public executions, mm-hmm. um, so that's what that all kind of stands in for. Where the deeper meaning is kind of like God, never, never. I hope you never find like tankies and like see what they like write and shit because they they glorify shit like that. They're just like these fucking people are gonna get the wall. It's always, like, they're gonna get the wall. And it's, like... It's the same, like, eat the rich bullshit. Like, yeah, tankies... Tankies, I... They're, they're fucking gross. Um... Squealer. Squealer's super important. Squealer's the propaganda machine. He's always talking shit. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's very important that we understand what propaganda is. 
I guess it loops back to education again. Like, being able to spot propaganda from a mile away is really important. Off, <laughs> off topic. Well, sort of on topic. Do you know of any fucking... Which... What, are you, what even party is it? This is how much I care about them. I don't even know the name of the party. But fuck do they have a lot of billboards down Dandenong Frankston Way. UAP? United Australia Party. The yellow, the yellow. Yeah, United Australia Party. Their billboards are everywhere. I'm so sick of the United Australia Party. (laughs) I get YouTube ads. I get text messages. I get the billboards. The United Australia Party are fucking everywhere. Years ago. Clive Palmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, years (sighs) ago, years ago when I was in the old house, um, I was streaming. That's when I was streaming like every day, Mm. right? And we would watch their political ads. Like, I would bring up, like, I actually go to their page and watch them and just fucking laugh at them, because they're so ridiculous. They are ridiculous. Um, and I suppose... But that's pol- that's political propaganda. Right that's there. political propaganda, and also... Freedom, freedom, freedom. Never let the liberals or the, uh, the laborers do this to you again. I see that one every day on the uh, way Yeah, the vaccine mandate one plays every day for me. But, like, that kind of thing kind of works as well because it gets people talking about, oh, how ridiculous was the Clive Palmer ad? Oh, actually, he's got some good points. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I miss when uh, there used to be a billboard for the Australia Sex Party every mm-hmm. year on Canterbury Road, and I miss that. I, I don't know the one you're talking about. It's above the old Christmas shop. Yeah. I don't, I don't love the Australian Sex Party. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're a little bit ridiculous, but I miss their billboard compared to... Fucking UAP. <laughs> we were talking about voting before, right? And you know what's fucking based about living in Australia as well? Although mm-hmm. I think this changed last time and... Okay, I don't know. Cut this out. Uh-huh. I think this changed, but let's pretend it's not. I don't know. Uh, ranked choice voting. Like, we're one of the countries that does ranked choice voting, which is fucking cool. Um, if you vote in the States, for example, it's this or this, right? Whereas when we vote, it's just like, okay, well, here's my first choice. Here's my second choice, and here's my third choice, and my fourth choice, all the way to 21, or whatever. Oh yeah, because you can vote either above the line or below the line. If you vote above the line, you're just voting for the parties. If you vote below the line, you're voting for the candidates in all of the parties. But but yeah, and and the point is, it's just like, let's say I like X party. They're my favourite party, but I know they're not going to win, alright? Because even though we have a multi-party system, there's two parties, right? Like, that's just the reality. Uh, I can put them first, and then right after them, put one of the major parties that I would rather have. And then I can put the major party that I would not rather have way down at the end. Mm. Um, which, that is a much better reflection of, like, like one vote says all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, ranked choice voting is fucking uh, based. Yeah, I had a crash course in uh, ranked choice voting in university because uh, I was part of the activist party. Well... Um, and we also had, like, we had a Labour Party, we had a Liberal Party. We also had Labour, Labour, Labour Left and Labour Right, mm-hmm. which confused the hell out of me. But anyway, um, we got into very long debates about how we would stream, structure our votes and stuff. Like, it, it got very complicated. Um, God, I have so many great election stories from university. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, got a crash course in that. Um it's a great system. I love it. <laughs> Revolutions all have one problem. Mm-hmm. And is um, you do need some type of leadership. And when you destroy a type of leadership, there's a power vacuum. 
and it's very hard. You can go in with the best intentions, and this has happened in history where people have gone in with the best of intentions, and then just become the evil that they fought to um, destroy. And that's like what power does to people. And when you have a power vacuum, and you're just like, oh, my like we're the leaders of this revolution. Me and my mates, fucking Bruce, Paul, and Jen, right? I'll make you. Uh, minister of this, I'll make you minister of that. No fucking experience, don't know what they're doing, all that sort of thing. And then, like, um, like with, like, petty crimes, like theft, all it takes is for somebody to do one little theft and get away with it, and suddenly, like, the next one becomes a lot easier, and then the next one after that becomes a lot easier, and then suddenly the person's stealing all the fucking time, right? This can happen, this is how people get corrupted. Oh, I'll just... I'll just put away a couple of hundred dollars from this fund for whatever. And suddenly it's just like, well, no one noticed that. Um, and this is what happens when people <laughs> just sort of take positions, you know? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yada yada. <laughs> Profound. Um, We've had important revolutions in our history mm. that matter and were good. Um, but... It would be wrong... The way people glorify and romanticize revolutions, uh, especially in left-leaning spaces, I, I, like, they also need to look at the history of, like, absolutely terrible ones where, like, awful things happen and people die. And, like, it's just... I just see a lot of romanticization of it, and it, I don't like it. Mm, but maybe I'll edit this out, because this could be me talking out of turn. I don't know a lot about it, but, uh the romanticization of the civil war oh, in america well yeah yeah fuck <laughs> like it was a war you mean the war for states rights i'm joking i'm joking julie i'm fucking joking okay like so many people died and yet people still fucking love the COVID- like yeah, i get if you are a history buff but like people claim that they care about the history i don't yeah, think they, I don't I don't think think they, they do. do no uh mm. i've got Southern patriotism or something. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, here's one thing when it comes to um, all of these things. You were talking about uh, earlier, um, what were you saying? It was much earlier. You were saying something along the lines about, like, trying to understand um, other people. I try really hard to sympathize with people's point of view, uh, even if I completely disagree with it. I try to sympathize with it, because this person... They don't just think the way they do because they do. Mm. Either somebody's told them something that makes them feel that way, or maybe something's happened to them that's made them feel that way. And it's I think it's important to sympathize with where they're coming from, while also maybe just completely disagreeing with their conclusion mm. and all the ways that they got there. But when you I think if you just take away the sympathizing, you've like created an enemy that needs to be like taken down. And I don't mean killed, mm. I just mean like we need to fight like this evil. It's just like no, these are real people. Absolutely, <laughs> right? this is this is a huge thing with like drug addicts, because um, mm-hmm. they're demonized because they look shit and they do shitty things. But like, if we were to understand where they were coming from, tackle the problem instead of doing a war on drugs, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> maybe they'd get better. Like, yeah. this This is why I'm pro, um... Fuck, what do they call them? The rooms? Yeah, they're, yeah. like, safe injection places. Yeah, safe injection. I'm pro all of that. And it's... Well, yeah, it's like a... 
let's let's say oh god do i want to use this example <laughs> okay abortion's like super cool right mm-hmm. if you were to make it illegal though people are still gonna try to yes they're still gonna try to abort babies so it's gonna happen anyway and it's gonna be really dangerous so um even if you think abortion is bad i don't um it's still best to have it legal because people are going to do it anyway if we're going to have people doing it let's do it properly Mm. it's the same thing with drugs hey we know these people are going to be shooting up we don't want them sharing needles we don't want them dying from this they're going to be shooting up anyway let's give them a clean safe environment to do it and also try to tackle the problem but like sometimes tackling those problems uh long-term goals You, you can't fix these things overnight right absolutely so like a lot of people will be like, well, this is like a band-aid measure, just making safe injection houses. It's just like, well, hold on. We can tackle two problems at the same time, right? I don't really want to see people shooting themselves up and then dying. So let's do this thing, all right, that can solve a uh, symptom, which, uh, but you also want to, um, what's the, what's the word? What's the word? What word? <laughs> you don't want to just treat the symptom. You want to treat the disease well whatever yeah the, the cause right yeah uh so i think yeah like just demonizing the thing and like trying to make a thing illegal doesn't really help because people are going to do the thing anyway mm. oh and he, he tying back to other things like i'm really <laughs> i've come around a lot on this i'm really against tone policing mm-hmm. but i also see how like we can't just approach bigots by screaming at them saying that they're shit you have to approach them with you need to match energy is what you need to do you need to match energy and you need to approach them with some sympathy or understanding of yeah like you said either they've been told something or they've experienced something Mm. that has made them think this way even even though the steps to get to this conclusion are poor and the conclusion is poor, we can understand how they got to that conclusion, all right? Now, the it might be irrational and then the conclusion might be irrational, but you can sympathize why they're there, mm. right? And you sort of have to meet them on that level. I think if you're going to shift people's opinions, you need to meet them on that level. Just saying like, oh, you're racist, therefore you're a fascist and a Nazi doesn't really do anything. You're, you're not solving anything, I don't think. Mm. Uh, there, there's lines to be drawn. Every, f- like, you, you can have your own personal boundaries as to how you want to react to these people. So I'm never going to say to someone, you know, don't yell at that Nazi. Uh, but I do see a lot more that it's not necessarily helpful. Yeah, and we're, we're increasingly getting to, like, I don't know if this is true. Maybe it's just because, like, I've only been alive for, like, X amount of time, right? But, like, I feel like we're, like, as far as politics is going, we're at a fucking boiling point, dude. Like, um, I think we've talked about this before, and I don't think you really agreed with me, but, like, I'm a little spooked at, like, how angry everyone's getting. And I mean everyone. Um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It scares me. I get... I'm spooked about different things, um, because I'm I'm very scared about climate change and, uh, like, more specifically, corporations not budging on stuff like carbon tax and, and just general, like, environmental stuff. And, like, 
everyone getting stuck on shit like getting rid of straws. Like, yeah, getting rid of plastic straws is great. There's also, like, a whole bunch of ableist problems with that. But, like, it's not about straws. It's about global warming and, like, getting cooked. Whatever. Off topic. Um, I'm scared about other things. I will say this. Paper straws suck. Paper straws suck. They're fucking awful. I had a frozen Coke the other day. Oh, no. they just I I couldn't get halfway through it. Like, the the, the straw fell apart. Yeah. Paper straws suck. Bamboo, I think, is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Anyway... Um, but I, yeah, no, I, uh, the, the more we go on, the more freaked out I do kind of get by, like, how loud everyone is being, but I do also kind of think that it is just a little, because we're, you know, we haven't... I joke with a friend, like, me and a friend, we're both void-pilled. Um, you're, you, you understand the concept of like red pill and blue pill. Yeah. We're both void pilled because like, like you want to fight for a side, but like that side's like screaming that they want to kill people in the streets and like cover themselves with the blood of the rich. And it's like, you're void pilling me, dude. Um, like, yeah, it's, it, uh, it's like, what did you say just before that? Before I said that? Um, what did I say? I am a little spooked. I get a bit more spooked all the time, but I yeah, don't. I, I still think we're quite young, and so it's not quite like I don't. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Yeah, so I'm like mega void filled, but like my anchor to reality is like all of the shit I see online. I have to just keep my my fucking anchor that's holding me down to the ground, um, even though my body is full of helium. Is um, like, these people probably only represent, like... Like, normies aren't... Like, normies aren't this vitriolic. Normies aren't mm. this loud. Like, well, they're obviously not loud. They don't have these extreme views. Like, I just have to keep reminding myself that, like, the the large general population aren't this fucking crazy. Um, and I just need to hold on to that. Um, because, like, all I ever see online is just, like, bullshit from both sides. And I fucking hate it. Oh, there we go. I've just coined on to what I'm... So, yes, like, we're more vocal online. I still, in my heart of hearts, don't believe that... Because, like, online lets you be anonymous. I don't think people... Like, they'll they'll say they'll kill someone online, but they won't do it in person, but... Yeah, I think they're all baby children that have never left their yeah. fucking gated communities. I agree. Um, and, I, like, if if the internet had been around in, say, the 1950s or something, mm-hmm. then I'm sure the same thing would have happened. I agree. But now that we've had two years of pandemic and, like, anti-vaxxers getting increasingly more bold in public doing weird shit and then, you know, the left also getting more actively pissed off about that. Like, it is freaking me out a lot Mm -hmm. because people are just getting more brave to do stupid shit. And I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is the death of humanity or anything yet, but it, like, it is freaking me out. (laughs) That's why I gotta hold on to my anchor. To be clear about, like, the drenching myself in the blood of the rich, uh, in the streets, um, no, I don't think they're literally going to do that. But that type of language gets to people's ears and that matters Mm. because it's going to push people farther away from the types of positions we would, well, I would want them to be in. 
Um, so it's it they're just fucking ruining everything. I, I fucking hate it. There's a there's a song there's a song I really like by Nothing But Thieves called Can You Afford to Be an Individual? And there's like a line in there um, a lot of the line is like a lot of the lyrics are like um, anti-right and they're super cool. Um, like the song's just fucking awesome. But there's a really important part and the way I interpret it is um, it's essentially like you gotta stop fucking doing this dumb shit on the left because it's, you're only making things worse as well. You gotta stop, stop this dumb infighting and just like make a solid block <laughs> mm. um, if you, if you, if you want to make any type of political change. And like I just... I fucking, I fucking hate the tankies and shit, which are fucking ruining things for everyone. And I, I hate simplistic arguments like, does anybody else capitalism bad? It's just like, you're not saying anything. Like, I've never seen somebody type a, like, one sentence but actually say nothing. It's just static, because it, it means nothing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say on that before? Uh, I guess the only thing I have to say is, like, I'm sorry I, like, ranted for, like... No, don't I, be! I basically used this uh, this podcast as an opportunity to just, like, talk about a lot of things that fr- frustrate me um, when it comes to politics. But, I like, I, am sh- I feel strongly about this stuff. You Excuse always apologise for ranting when sure. the whole podcast is about... Yeah, but I didn't really talk about Animal Farm. Well, I kind of did. <laughs> um, well... Thing is, we've talked we've talked a lot about a very short book. Like this book, you can read in. I read it in an like, afternoon. Yeah, I read it in three nights, but it was like one and a half hours each night. Like, like it's a fucking it's two centimeters big. Or yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a it's very not, tiny book. Yeah, it's um, But obviously, uh, it's still relevant, still impactful because mm-hmm. we have very long discussion about you know all of the politics behind it and. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just still relevant, and I'm so glad, apparently, it's not being taught anymore, according to your school history, but um, I really hope that it's still taught for a long time, because I think it has more of a timeless quality than a lot of other books that we still cling to as classic literature. Well, even though I had never read it, I still heard about it a bunch. Mm. It's not like people don't talk about it. It's not like it's not relevant. I don't think... I don't think people talk about it, like, having a full understanding of it, though. Or maybe that's just my literature brain going, I'm smart. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But, like, also, I'd never read it, but I'd heard about it a bunch. So, Mm. I mean, that's going to say something, right? Years passed. The seasons came and went. The short animal lives fled by. The completed windmill stood as a monument to its builder's faith and sacrifice. But the animal's revolution was only dimly remembered. Outwardly, Animal Farm appeared prosperous, but the animals themselves were no better off, with the exception of the pigs and their supreme leader, Napoleon. Out of ten destroyed windmills, what do you rate this book? I will give it seven destroyed windmills. And one 
I really liked this book, um, but one thing sort of brought it down for me. It's kind of boring. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, actual plot-wise, like, it's just like, and then they went and did labor, but then the labor was not good. And then the thing <laughs> happened, and then the trade opened. It, it, it's very dry. Um, it's it's only made fun because it's animals. That's the only reason. Um, if this was substituted with just, like, people, this would be, like, the dullest book in the world. Um, <laughs> I think the theming, everything... I think what it's talking about is really important and it's good. That's why it still has a 7 and not a 3. Yeah. Because uh, I can see the way you're looking at me. No, but... <sighs> I know deep down in my heart you're right. <laughs> but the book is a bit dull. I, I will say that. I, I was still entertained. Um... But I remember that first night reading it, I was just like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think the book is good and important. Um, it's just like the the process of actually reading it. It's just a lot of, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And so, yeah, that's why I'm giving it a seven destroyed windmills. I'm obviously going to give it ten, <laughs> but I'm totally going to admit that three of those points are so rose-coloured it's like saturated mm -hmm. <laughs> because I just, I don't know what it was about all of the books we read for English lit. Um, but I loved all of them animal farm the most. So three of those points is definitely just nostalgia. Um, or a stand in for the three extra copies mm. that I have. I was about to say you own it five times. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you're right. It is. It does read quite dull. At times, which is another reason why I think maybe studying it, year 10, 11, 12, yeah. probably closer to 11, 12, might be a bit more uh, useful. I think, uh, well, yeah, I, I think mostly those ages, just because people have a little bit better understanding of, like, like what a government is. Mm -hmm. and, like, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, like, you, ha you sort of have an idea. Like, a lot of these things, like... like if it's true for me, it means it's true for other people. Like, I didn't have, a, like, a better understanding. I still don't have, like, a great understanding of these things until I was, like, in my mm. late 20s. Like, um, and even then, there's always more to, to learn. So, like... That's a very... Actually, that's a very key point about Animal Farm. Uh, the... What makes it good is the allegory. So, if you just read it straight and didn't know it was about the Russian Revolution, didn't know all of these characters were stand-ins for blah, 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 then, like, it would be the worst book in the world. Like, it's not great. Uh, but having the context gives... It, having the context makes it entertaining yeah, it would, and it makes it that much better. It would be a story about, like... If you just read it straight, it would be a story about, like, be careful about who gets in power. That, yeah. would, that would be it. Pretty much, which is still like a valuable thing. Like, I mean, mm. we, we have these stories in fucking kids' cartoons and books. And... Well, fun fact: um, it used to be called Animal Farm, the fairy tale, because mm -hmm. um, it has a very like fairy tale moral kind of setup. Um, and I wish I was lucky because around the same time I read Animal Farm, I found a book that was about the same size of Animal Farm, and it was Soviet Russia, nineteen seventy to nineteen forty five. Like, it was a history book. I read them together, so I got all of the context. Yeah. We didn't study the Russian Revolution history at all. We just got it from our English lit teacher. Mm -hmm. I think if we'd paired the two together, 
it would have been a lot more successful. Yeah. Because uh, we would have been able to, to see all those parallels. But, yeah, I think what what really holds the book together is knowing all of the context. Oh, it was called The Great Leap Forward. Sorry, the five-year plan was the Russian hey! It was the Great Leap Forward for China. I remembered it. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. It just popped into my brain. It's nomination time, Julia. Are you ready? Yes. Our next nomination is a film. It's a spooky film, <gasps> which I haven't seen. <gasps> and neither, I hope neither of you. <gasps> and it is... The Korean film White, which covers the K-pop industry, and it's also a spooky film. I forgot you can't see expressions. I'm like, what? That sounds incredible. Yeah, so I stumbled across this movie a few months ago. I actually watched a review on it. Um, looks pretty cool, but I'm doing a cheeky. I'm doing a backdoor topic, because while we're going to watch a horror film on the K-pop, industry. We're also going to talk about the K-pop industry. Ooh. So look forward to that one. I'm really excited. That sounds awesome. Julia, I want to tell you about my my cute little animal farm. I've got little piggies. I've got little lambs. I've got everything, but I just don't know. I have all these words and I don't know where to send them. Oh no. (laughs) Guess what? I've got the perfect solution for you. Oh my. Have you heard of the Jelly Jam Spam Gmail? I haven't, but gosh, does it sound incredible. You should type all those words to jellyjamspampodcast at gmail.com. That's jellyjamspampodcast at gmail.com. My cute little animal story will be heard. Please send us mail. Next time on Jelly Jam Spam, Julia becomes a rap monster. Wicky, wicky, wicky. See you next time. See ya.
to Jelly Jam Spam. I'm Democrat... <coughs> Start again. <laughs> and welcome to our episode on Animal Farm. The... Ah. <laughs> and welcome to... Sorry. And the, welcome to... Start from the... <laughs> Ikea orders... The only thing they order is fish. Ever. Right? the meatballs? No, just fish from us. I did an order for them today. One pallet of fish. Guess how much it was? How much? $11,000. For Jesus Christ. One pallet of fish. See, I was thinking in the thousands, but... 11000 How much fish do they need? When it'll go off? Good God. Okay. Got it's my all, notes back well, up. It's all frozen, but yeah. Alright, I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm going to rewind things. I'm so sorry. No, no. That was all great. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit it somewhere else, but that's great. I, I had to... I had to... I had to say it at some yeah, point. Yeah, And I had to say it as, like, a block, because I have to fucking qualify everything. Because otherwise, if I don't qualify it, someone hears it, and they're just like, oh, this guy's a fucking... And no joke, people will say this. It's like, oh, this person's a Nazi. It's just because they, they don't like socialism. <laughs> um, and fucking hell. 